It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to Week 16. Your Pittsburgh Steelers are reeling, but it's almost game time. Can a day after Boxing Day miracle occur in the Steel City? We are hoping. Here we go, Steelers. It's the pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Kevin Smith. KT, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, my friend. Brian, uh, it was a great one. Thanks, and same to you and your family and all the listeners out there. Hope it was a great holiday for everybody. I really hope so, too. This is what we're calling a lemonade holiday, and we really did our best, and I think we succeeded in making lemons in a year of a pandemic for the holiday. So I hope, once again, that you all out there in radio land and podcast land and blogcast land had a great holiday and uh, many great wishes for 2021. KT, I hope there was something under the tree that gives you an inclination that the black and gold could be okay this weekend. Well, I mean, one my one Steelers themed gift was a Steelers gator slash face mask combination, <laughs> which uh, is very 2020. I don't, I don't want to think about it as a harbinger of things to come. I really hope that I really hope it's not, but you know, I, I don't know where, where, where we go with that comment, you know, with your, with your question there specifically, it's such an unknown right now, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Uh, this is a team that uh, 
it, it's crazy because you just don't know what that players only meeting can do. You just don't know what kind of surprises that they might finally have. You might not know exactly what is going on in their heads and how with their backs against the wall. I know they're in the playoffs, but really their backs are against the wall because if they lose again, then they're playing next week for the division crown in Cleveland against a revitalized team. So you've really got to think right now that they're at threat level midnight in Pittsburgh as far as the team goes. Now, we heard Marquise Pouncey say that the running game is going to be okay. But hey, is that lip service or can it be okay? That's what we've got to figure out. But I like the odds of the Steelers sometimes when their backs are against the wall. We just have to hope that they believe that their backs are against the wall. I'm glad you brought up the uh, players only meeting. And I thought that that was interesting. Sometimes that can just be a whole bunch of nothing in the sense that, you, you know, you feel that there's an almost like an obligation for leaders to step up and say certain things. And, and it can wind up just being a bunch of talk, you know, or it could be really meaningful. I, I think about Ben Roethlisberger's 38 years old and his receiving core is really young. Ebron's the oldest one, and he's 27, but Juju's 24, Johnson and Washington, you know, Claypool, those guys are 21, 22, 23 years old. There's a 15-year difference between Ben Roethlisberger and his receivers age-wise, which I only bring up because I sometimes I wonder if there is a communication issue because of that. And, I, and that might sound silly, but again, you know, we're, we're talking about body language and about, you know, Ben having this long career where he's worked with so many different receivers and many others. When he came into the league, he was working with older guys, Heinz Ward and that group. And then he was working with sort of peers age wise. And now he's working with a really young group. And I just I just wonder if maybe there are some things where they need to talk about expectations or, or even simple things like Roethlisberger saying, Hey, when, when, when I'm looking at cover two and I see the corner lined up outside of you, I'm expecting you to do this. And the receivers, maybe that's just not something that they have been raised upon uh, in, the, in the college programs that they, that they grew up in. They, these guys haven't had a ton of reps together. You know, Roethlisberger missed pretty much all of last year. So, and then the pandemic wiped out the, the preseason and the OTAs. So guys like uh, Johnson and Claypool and Ebron and Washington and, and Roethlisberger, they just haven't had a ton of reps together, real-time practice reps where you iron this stuff out. So without belaboring the point, I just, I just would be really interested to know, in, in, you know was, that, was that just about tone or was that about more specific communication type things? And uh, we'll be curious to see if that has any effect tomorrow. Well, I have a couple questions based on what you just said right there, Kevin. But first, I'm going to ask you a question. And this has nothing to do with the Steelers, but in my mind, it has everything to do with what you just said. Have you ever watched the show Survivor? Uh, when it came on, I watched it for a couple seasons, yes. Well, it's still one of my all-time favorite shows. My best friend um, is the supervising editor for them for the last 10 years or so. I've had a chance to go out there to a live taping of a finale. It is a great show to me, and it's something that I really get into. And a couple years ago, they had 
a uh, they had a season dedicated to millennials versus Generation X, and it was really interesting to watch, just because you had players in this game that were completely different. The Generation X, which you and I are a part of, those contestants on Survivor, they had a certain goal, a certain way of looking at things, a certain way of doing things. And then you had the millennials. And the millennials, they were good people. There was nothing, there was not going to say anything about that. But there's a lot of knee-jerk decisions with the millennials here. Now I sound like the old man shaking his fist at a cloud, but the philosophies were so different. And the way when these guys and girls had to work together, it was it was a really complicated mixing of philosophies. Because, you know, they thought that there was a plan altogether, then the millennials would just switch on a dime. And so the, if you ever, if you like Survivor and you go back and watch that season, it's, it is one of the best seasons ever. But that makes me think about exactly what you said with the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, the age difference between him and, well, his offensive line is closer to his age. Right. And then you have the younger players that uh, might have a completely different philosophy. It doesn't mean they can't work together. It just means that uh, maybe the meshing of talents and sometimes doesn't really put you on the same page. So that's what I'm looking at there. And based on what you said, I had none of the survivor thing planned, but exactly what you said there just sparked something in my brain. Could that, is that something that you've seen I don't, I don't know if I've seen it specifically because there, there doesn't appear to be a lot of hand gesturing as they're walking off the field where Ben is kind of like, you know, why didn't you run the slant as opposed to the vertical or whatever? You know, a lot of there's been a lot of uh, press coverage and things like that that do require on the ball adjustments. So I, I am I'm really interested, though. In, in, yeah. What have the sideline conversations been? What have the film room meetings been like? Is are there issues where. They just needed to kind of air some things out. I know I've been coaching high school football for 25 years. I was 22 years old when I started coaching high school football, and I was coaching kids who were 17 and 18 years old. We were, we were basically the same age group. We communicated, and we liked the same music, and we liked the same TV shows, and you know we, we had a lot of similar interests. And then as I've gotten older and they keep staying the same age, those stubborn kids, you know, so uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've definitely had to learn to communicate differently with them because of obviously changes in myself, but also in just changes in time that, you know, 25 years ago, you could, you could get in a kid's face and, uh, and pretty much say whatever you wanted to them. And there was never going to be an issue with it because they were brought up in a way that was a little bit more direct than kids today. You got to find very particular and specific ways to say things to younger kids today, whether it be because of how they're going to react to it, how their parents might react to it. You have to really, you can't be sort of emotional and off the cuff now the way that you used to be. Again, I know, I don't know if this is an issue with the Steelers, but I find it really interesting that Roethlisberger felt the need to have that player's only meaning and to really try to, specifically address some things that they didn't want the coaches in the room for. And that's what leads me to believe that maybe there's just communication stuff they need to work out. Have you ever been a part of a players only meeting, whether it be 
on one side where you were asked to stay out of the locker room or when you played in high school, in college, or what have you? In college, we had a players-only meeting heading into my senior year that was actually called by, by me and one other player because as create this is going to sound insane, but our college football team was divided into two different fraternities. All the, all the skill guys, the running backs, receivers, D-backs, those guys were in one fraternity and all the linemen were in another fraternity and the two fraternities did not get along with one another. And we found it to be insane that here we are on the football field trying to, you know, sort of pull together like a brotherhood. But on Saturday night, I can't go over to that other fraternity to have a beer because I'm not welcome there because I belong to, to this fraternity. And we had a players only meeting in which we said, this is insane. And we got to pull this together. And it was productive. I mean, it, it, it had a, it had a, it had a, it resonated with guys. I think just sometimes to say the obvious, but to say it out loud in a, in a public setting where other people can say, okay, well, that's validating some of the things that I've been thinking. I think that that can be productive. So if we bring this back to the Steelers, I would hope that in that meeting that there would, was an opportunity for some of these guys to say some things about kind of where, where, the, where the, they are that uh, was meaningful. And I don't even necessarily mean that to be negative. I think that there was a great opportunity for some of the veterans to say, guys, we're 11 and three. We, we need to win one of our final two games to win our division. We've got our destiny in our hands. Let's just get back to doing some things that you know we were doing earlier in the season and we'll be okay. It didn't necessarily have to be a panic or a doom and gloom type meeting either. All right. So you just said something that sparked me once again. This was something I was actually going to ask you, but you said about winning one game. One game gets you the division title. But I think in my mind, one game could be a cure-all for this team just to get them right before the playoffs. To, I mean, not that professional athletes need to get their confidence boosted, but just to, just to prove that, look, everything's not falling apart. We are not damned. Do you feel that that can be pretty close to a cure-all if they could win this game against a 10 and four Indianapolis Colts team. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that momentum and confidence are real in sports, especially in team sports. I think that a win over a good, really good Indianapolis team will do a, go a long way towards, I'm not, I'm not going to say necessarily erasing the last three weeks, but we'll certainly refocus the team and it'll certainly bring them together. And it'll certainly, I think bring some of the fun and the joy back. This, one of the things I loved about the Steelers, this Steelers team on their 11 and 0 run was they just seem to be having so much fun together. And obviously that's kind of gone away in the last couple of weeks. So when, you know, winning's fun <laughs> and if they could get back to, to having fun together now, granted that's going to require them to execute at a whole other level than they've been able to do the last few weeks. But if they can do that, I think that they'll, they'll suddenly remind themselves like, Hey guys, you know, we were a darn good football team for 11 weeks. We we're a dominant football team and we can be a dominant football team again. And a lot of that could be mental. So a lot of people are saying right now, Kevin, that the Steelers have forgotten how to do things. They have forgotten how to run the ball or no, actually they're just saying that the Steelers can't run the ball. The Steelers can't throw deep. The Steelers can't throw mid range. All of these things happened this year. So how do they pull it back out? How do they figure out that, Hey, we were doing it. It's gone. 
it could magically come back, can it? I think that the emphasis on physicality that we've heard a little bit from the coaching staff, Mike Tomlin talked about that in the media about how he didn't he didn't say soft, but he he definitely alluded to the fact that the Steelers needed to be more physical will be a huge part of it. Roethlisberger talked about that too, actually, to the media about our you know the team's physicality. Uh, when you when you are when you are playing physical football and controlling the line of scrimmage, everything else seems to fall into place. It's amazing how much easier that makes the rest of the of, of the game. So I thought that there were some glimmers of hope in the run game last week. I thought Benny Snell did a nice job. I thought that there were times when when he actually had some good lanes to run through. The offensive line did seem to get downhill a little bit better. The deep ball is just, you know it's still an issue. Roethlisberger was one for 14 last week on throws that went more than 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. And that's a problem. So maybe, maybe a little bit of that was addressed in, in that meeting. They're going to have to do it to do it. There's no, there's no sort of magic elixir. They're going to have to be able to execute and, and actually make those throws to back teams off. But if they can do that, maybe people listening are like, well, that's a big if. Well, yeah, it is. That's a big if. But if they can do that, I think it will open everything else up offensively. So I would look for an emphasis on that intermediate, not necessarily the we don't need the Steelers to be hitting 40 yard bombs to loosen the defense up. But if you can hit those 12 to 18 yard throws over the heads of the linebackers, I've been banging the drum for more play action, play action pass, draw those backers up dump the ball over their heads into that 12 to 15, 18 yard range. And it's amazing how much you'll see a difference in, in a defensive philosophy when they're yielding those throws. Cause those are the throws that kill a team. It's not those 40 yard bombs. Most, most NFL teams, if you give up one of those a game, that that's a lot, but boy, you can really get picked apart. Drew Brees picked apart. Uh, who, who New Orleans played yesterday? Minnesota, Minnesota. On, those in, on those intermediate throws. He was hitting dig routes. Uh, to Emmanuel Sanders all game long because they were doing a really nice, Kamara had the run game going. Boy, what a game did he have, huh? Oh, yeah. One yeah. week too late for my fantasy team. I got knocked <laughs> in the playoffs last week. This week, I would have won the whole thing in a 14-man keeper league. Oh, <laughs> Well, man, they had the run game going, and Minnesota's backers were getting aggressive trying to defend it, and it opened up the middle of the field in the passing game, and Breeze was making a living throwing those intermediate, those 15-yard dig routes to his receivers. So an awful lot can be said for being physical up front, getting a run game going or a play action passing game going and what that can do for the offense. Okay. I have one more question about the philosophy of the team right now. And it centers around Ben Roethlisberger. And we talked about maybe some disparities between uh, he and the uh, rest of the team, the younger players on the team, when the younger players on the team see Ben rarely practicing throughout the week, what does that do as far as team cohesiveness? Because first of all, you mentioned that he was one through 14 on deep balls. Are they feeling that, well, maybe if he's practicing more, we could get out of this rut or are they feeling that, Hey, you know, he's a, uh, he's mighty Ben and where we have to work our way up. So what kind of things would they be thinking? And does that cause problems? Yeah, that's a good question. Ross Roethlisberger is, revered by his offensive linemen by every everything i've ever read it just seems that they have a great relationship they go they go and do things together he buys them gifts they seem to have that relationship where he's the man and whatever he needs to do on during the week to get ready for 
for Sunday is okay with those guys. I, I don't know if that's true with his receivers because, again, they're young. Roethlisberger, and like you've seen him in the past have, I don't want to say contentious relationship with, but struggle to get on the same page, so to speak, with James Washington. You saw, you saw a similar thing earlier in the season with Deontay Johnson. A lot of comments about, oh, I don't know if those guys are on the same page. You heard uh, other receivers like Emmanuel Sanders when he went to Denver talk about Peyton Manning's work ethic and just how impressed he was with it. And I don't, I don't know if he was taking shots at Ben. I don't think he was, but he was certainly say, saying things like he puts in the extra work. He's willing to stay out with you after practice if you need to get a few more reps in, et cetera, et cetera. So do, that's a great question, man. Do people have, have the younger players come to resent or, or question what Ben does during the week to prepare? I don't know. Maybe that was brought up at the, uh, at the meeting as well. Hopefully it was a clearing of the air so that everybody can get on the same page as we head to the playoffs. Absolutely. And we are going to talk about that page a little bit more and how they stack up against the Indianapolis Colts right after this when we come back with part two of the Steelers pregame show. Here we go. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. The podcast producer from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com alongside me is three-time, three-time New Jersey champion. Is that correct? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, three-time, but that's, that's, that's been a while, man. We're, we're working on, on putting some new ones up there. Well, you, you just did win a title this year, though, right? Was that, that the, true. Uh, that that was true. that the Southern Jersey? Help me out with that. Well, we were in the, uh, we were in the, uh, we wanted the, they divided up into pods this year. So it was because it was a, a different year. So we were the pod B champions, which is, which was nice. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll take that. I, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I was just talking about uh, being a fantasy football champion. So I, I got to tell you that uh, what you're doing with your resume is so much better than what I'm doing with mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it depends what resume we're talking about. The one you're building here at behind the steel curtains, pretty impressive. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, waxing my car there. I I really appreciate it. Uh, So let's talk about the Colts and let's talk about the Steelers. I got to tell you, they, this is probably a very balanced team that the Steelers are facing even more balanced than the Buffalo Bills from a few weeks back. If you go ahead and look at the rankings on offense and defense, the Colts are very good. The Colts are of course led by Phillip Rivers and Rivers has them ranked ninth as far as a passing team with 260.8 yards a game. The Steelers, not too far behind, but they've taken a beating in the last few weeks in the passing department. They are 18th at 240.1. In total yards, 
it's really the running game that is killing the Steelers in this category. The Colts are 13th with total yards at 374.8 per game. The Steelers are 25th at 32.9. Why is the running game killing it? Because the Steelers are second to last with 88.9. 15th, right in the middle of the pack behind Jonathan Taylor at 114.0. Naheem Hines, I believe that's his name, is also uh, responsible for uh, a very good running attack there too. They've got a good two-headed monster there. Once again, they are ranked 15th. As far as points go, the Steelers were really doing well in points. They were seventh just about two weeks ago. Now they are 14th at 26.1. That month of December has killed them as far as points. At number nine are the Colts at 28.5 per game. So they kind of match up pretty close as far as points. What are the big differences on offense that you're looking at here, Kevin? Well, Indianapolis is, is, as you alluded to, very balanced. Rivers, we all, we know about him. He's been around forever and he's not the guy he was, you know, years back the way that Ben Roethlisberger was, but he's still pretty efficient. He's, he's doing a pretty good job taking care of the football. Indianapolis has only turned it over in their last six games. They're on a five and one streak in their last six games and they've only turned it over a total of three times in those six games so they're protecting the football he's got a veteran group of of receivers uh Hilton you know the veteran uh, wide receiver out there is having a nice year he's got a trio of tight ends he can throw the ball to uh Naheem Hines who you alluded to has 50 some catches out of the backfield so he's going to be a matchup problem for the Steelers as a receiver out of the backfield If if you think back to the Cincinnati game they did a nice job getting Giovanni Bernard matched up on Avery Williamson. And we'll, we'll see if, if Indy can do the same thing with, with Hines. And then you got Jonathan Taylor, who, I mean, I, I, Jonathan Taylor's a South Jersey guy. And I, I, I had a chance to scout him. We were, he went to Salem high school, which is a tremendous program here in South Jersey. And we were playing Deptford high school the following week. So we went to uh, scout Deptford against Salem. Jonathan Taylor was a sophomore at the time and he looked like a, a man playing against the boys. I mean, it was, he's a, he's a track guy. He was a hundred meter track champion in, in New Jersey, but he's also 230 pounds. So he's got that bruising, you know, inside running style, but if he gets out in the open field, he's got track speed. I mean, he's the guy that I, I was just like salivating over hoping the Steelers could pick in the second round, but Indy took him, you know, before the Steelers were able to, to pick. Uh, so being able to put all that together, they, they can take what a defense is giving them, which which given the, some of the Steelers' limitations at the moment seems like a really nice luxury. I know I'm going to pull us off track here, so let's quickly, let me ask you this question. Dobbins or Taylor, who was the guy that you were hoping the Steelers would go after more? Uh, I mean, I think that for personally, I like Taylor better, but that may have to do with some South Jersey bias there. But <laughs> I mean, Do- Dobbins is a little more diverse. He can catch the ball out of the backfield better. Given the fact that the Steelers throw the ball so much, Dobbins may have been a better fit. But in, as far as a pure running back goes, I, I like Taylor more. Fantastic. So we are going to be seeing a whole lot of them. And those guys on defense. So let's talk about the defensive ranks. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is still in pretty good shape as far as rankings go. Look, they had a rough week last week in the second half, especially what you alluded to with the fact that 
you had Avery Williamson matched up and Avery Williamson has not been on this team long. There's so many injuries when he is the top guy, when he wasn't even on the team back in August, preparing for this with all the injuries that they have seen, that is a matchup disorder. So what I'm going to say here is they also did a great job Cincinnati with letting Finley run. And that had a lot to do with Vince Williams being out. If Vince Williams in there, if Vince Williams is in there, I don't think this all happens, but let's look at the rankings against the rush. The Steelers are eighth at 104.6 a game. That has actually gotten better in the last few weeks as far as rushing yards allowed go. Total yards, Steelers are the second-ranked team at 297.9, under 300. That's fantastic. Against the pass, they are number two at 193.3. And points per game, they are number two at 18.9. The Colts, on the other side of the ball, are seventh in total yards. They are 17th against the pass. They are fifth against the run, which does not bode well for a team that does not run the ball well in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they are 11th as far as points go at 22.9. So Kevin, they're pretty close on defense, a lot closer than they were on offense, but Steelers, the Steelers seem to still have the advantage here on defense. Do you think that could carry over into this game? Vince is back this week, correct? Yes. I think that's a big deal. Avery Williamson just unfortunately was asked to do some things that he's just not, I don't want to say not capable of doing, but that he certainly doesn't specialize in that. He's, he doesn't move great laterally and they did. And Cincinnati did a nice job of getting Bernard running them to the flat. And then they'd get Williamson to turn his shoulders. And on the touchdown pass that they threw to Bernard, he just, Oh man, it was a great route. He just, started to bend that thing to the flat and then stuck his foot in the ground and pivoted and came back inside and beat Williamson across his face and they hit him for a touchdown. And again, you're asking, you're asking Avery Williamson to do some things he's not great at doing. So now you may see him in more manageable situations uh, and, and get the, you know, the Steelers might are going to be a little more diverse now defensively and able to use some of their other packages better. I think you'll see a lot of, a lot of nickel, and dime against Indy and uh, when Indy, you know, brings in Hines for, uh, specifically, uh, the Steelers might go a little more of their base three, four when Taylor's in the backfield and, and Indy's in their 11 personnel. But the addition of Vince Williams is really going to bring a, a lot of diversity to the Steelers defense this week. And it's also going to bring back their emotional leader. You know, having that, I, I, one thing I was really disappointed in last week was on Finley's touchdown run when he, that zone read where he pulled the ball and and uh, and just ran for a touchdown. The effort of the Steelers chasing him was disappointing to say the least. They're uh, they just appeared to be broken at that point, and that was a zone read scheme, which is just like, come on, that's not the most difficult scheme in the world to to defend. And and I as I watched that, I thought to myself, boy, they miss they miss Vince Williams emotionally more than anything else because Vince Williams is not going to let guys give. Uh, a poor effort. Vince Williams is not going to let guys jog after a, a quarterback who's out in the open field. I think if there's one thing that I'm excited about more than anything else this week, it's, it's the energy that he's going to bring back to the team. I think you'll see a, a fired up emotional, you know, playing like with their hair on fire Steelers unit. Absolutely. Excellent. That's what I'm hoping to see. 
on defense for the Colts, you're going to see some fired up guys and they have two absolute studs that I think are going to keep the Steelers coaches up all night. And they are DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. Am I missing anybody on the Colts defense or on the Colts in general that could be a huge problem in this game? Well, the Colts have been really good at producing turnovers. Their corners have between their starting three corners, they have seven interceptions. The Colts are third in the in the NFL at producing turnovers right behind the Steelers, who I think are number two. So Pittsburgh's got to take care of the football, no doubt about that. Buckner's a, an excellent run defender, and he can get after the passer too. Leonard's a tackling machine, and those guys in the secondary can make plays if uh, you know the quarterback is careless with the football. So Pittsburgh's going to have to, more than anything else, protect the ball because this is an Indianapolis team that doesn't really beat themselves. So the 2020 Colts and the 2020 Steelers, they will have their first round draft picks on the field and they are DeForest Buckner and Minka Fitzpatrick because they both made trades this year and did not have first round draft picks. Just something I wanted to mention. So as we get ready to wrap things up, I got to find out from you what the Steelers need to do to win this game over the Indianapolis Colts. But first, I want to bring up something that the Colts do so well and the Pittsburgh Steelers do so well, and who is going to have the advantage on it. So here it is, protecting the ball and protecting the quarterback. Nobody seems to do it better than the Indianapolis Colts. They don't turn the ball over very much. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they force turnovers. As far as getting after the quarterback, Nobody does it better than the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the Colts protect Philip Rivers very well. So who do you think is going to have a better time of it with those two factions being so important on both teams? Yeah, that's a great question. That's that's might be the million dollar question because in addition to some of the other things we've mentioned, if you if Rivers can sit back there comfortably, we know experience tells us that he'll he'll do a good job finding open receivers and getting them the football. We also know that last year Cameron Hayward absolutely torched Quentin Nelson in their in their matchup. I think Jeffrey Benedict on the site did a really good breakdown of just how unbelievable Hayward was in that game. So if the Steelers front, I think you know I, I think Hayward probably rose to the challenge of going up against the guy who's widely considered to be the best guard in the NFL. And if, if Hayward can do that again, if the D line can do that, I think Stefan to needs to reemerge. He's been quiet lately. Then the Steelers will be okay defensively, but Indy's got a great offensive line. And if that O line dictates the line of scrimmage, then it's going to be a long afternoon. Well, they did get dealt a huge blow yesterday when Braden Smith, their right tackle, their starting right tackle, is now on the COVID list. Could T.J. Watt have an amazing game there with him out playing against a backup? On short notice, I would not want to be that backup thrust into the starting lineup 48 hours before the game. Simply from a mental standpoint, you got an awful lot to prepare for mentally when you go up against T.J. Watt. He's got one of the most advanced repertoires of pass rush moves in the league. So it's not like you're where you're, where you're going up against a dude who's just the speed rusher and you're, and you're going to say to yourself, all right, I have to prepare for the speed rush with TJ. You have to prepare for the speed rush. You got to prepare for him crossing your face. You got to prepare for his signature 
sort of dip and rip that up and under move that he's so good at. So you got whoever stepping into the starting line for the Colts has got a lot of homework between now and kickoff. <laughs> yes, I believe so. So it's time right now to take a look, Kevin, on what the Steelers need to do to win this game and go ahead and give me your prediction. Well, the Steelers need to obviously be able to hit throws a little further down the field. They haven't been unable to do that. They got to convert third downs. They got to they got to keep drives going. There there was a ridiculous statistic that they showed on Monday Night Football last week, where at one point the Steelers had gone three and out on twenty two out of thirty seven offensive drives. That's like that's hard to do in the NFL. You you have to be trying to be bad to like to to go three and out that many times. And they looked more proficient in the second half. They but the big thing is you got to be able to hit some of those intermediate throws to move the chains because inevitably you're going to come across a lot of third and four, third and five situations where the, where the defense, the template is out there, defend the sticks. You'll just see teams defend the sticks and dare the Steelers to try to you know wedge those short passes in. And they're going to have to be able to throw over the linebackers heads and hit that stuff. And if they can do that, they're going to have a, a good afternoon. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know against all logic and against all everything that's happened over the last month, I don't. I just feel like the Steelers are pulling this one out. So I'm going to go, uh, you know, 26-24 Steelers, and uh, you guys can jump on my back if it doesn't happen. Wasn't that the score last year, 26 to 24? Was it? It was yes, it close. Was. It was, because okay. you know what? I actually called it last year in the Colts game. I called it exactly 26. I believe, yeah, the final score was 26-24. Adam Vinatieri could have won the game at the very end. For me, the Steelers, this is gut check time. For me, I'm always checking my gut. And my gut is usually wrong. There's lots of weird stuff going on in that gut. But my (laughs) gut is thinking right now that the Steelers' guts are going to pull it together. And against all logic, just like you said, I just have this crazy feeling that's getting me excited for this game it's going to be wrenching but 17 to 16 is the score that popped into my head today so i'm taking it pittsburgh steelers 17 steelers 16 and that is a crucial game once again for something that we have not talked about and this is something that's popped up in my head that if the steelers lose this game they might be on prime time next week and they haven't been doing well in primetime the last month. And I don't want to stay up late and watch them play on Sunday night football in primetime for the division title against the Cleveland Browns. So it's desperate for me. So I'm saying that they pull this game out and give everybody a rest going into the playoffs, Kevin. Oh, that would be huge. That would be huge. I would love to see the Steelers JV on the, on the field uh, at Cleveland in a week. The, uh, the just the, the fact that, I mean, I'm probably more excited for this game than I've been all year long, just simply because it's it's prove it time. I think we're going to find out if the Steelers can make a run in the postseason. If they can win on Sunday against the Colts and put the mess of the last month behind them, boy, what a what a what a story that would be, and and what what an indication that would be about. What, what this team is capable of, turning the corner, gaining that momentum, heading into the playoffs. If they lose on Sunday, 
it, it doesn't look good. Then they go to Cleveland. You face that fired up Browns team. Even if they win, they're banged up after having played 13 weeks in a row going into the playoffs. So for me, it's the season on Sunday against, against Indy. It definitely is. So let's get ready for this game. Kevin, enjoy it. I hope that we're talking next week and smiling about this game. There's going to be a lot to talk about. So stick around with BTSC for everything that you need, whether it is on the editorial side. And check out my man, KT Smith, on the editorial side. Absolutely fantastic. You've got Jeff, Dave, Jeffrey, Michael, Tony, Shannon, Everybody busting out great stuff. And then I throw in my nonsense every once in a while too. And then on the podcast side, full slate of action here. Every time you turn around, we've got a new show each and every day. So check us out for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We love this. We're fans just like you. And we're feeling crazy about this game. Some of us are on the ledge, but it's time to pull you back in. And hopefully the Steelers can do it. So for Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Here we go. It's game time. Grab that terrible towel and let's get twirling. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.